Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Sunny morning. We can't say sunny day because I don't know if the whole day is going to be sunny, but we get like a half a day. And I don't know who to be mad at, but I'm like, they just took the suns off the weather. So if it's the weather or if it's the app or whatever, I'm like, they took it off. Carrie's like, who's they? I'm like, I don't know. But we had like a big sun on Wednesday. But anyways, the sun is coming and you took a sunny Sunday and you came to church. So good job. Come on. Come on. You ready for the word? Anybody ready for the word? How many of you are at team night, Thursday night? Some of you? couple of us. Okay, awesome. It was a great team night. We really do feel like it's a new season. And um, no duh, obvious. I get that. But I really sense a shifting um, in our church, man. Just we've gone from regathering to rebuilding. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on what? Speak up. You got it. You. He's not going to, yeah, build it on a building. He's going to build it on Peter. He's <laughs> Build it on you. And so when God rebuilds, he rebuilds with people. Amen? Amen? Come on. And so what happens is the leadership and the servants and the volunteers, God begins to do something in that group of people and and ministry begins to flow again. And I'm so happy that we came out of COVID and we came out of it and we regathered in a sense. Um, But we're rebuilding now. And so God's calling you forward into ministry. Amen. And I want to talk about that this morning. I really, uh, June 5th is just an offering. If God speaks to you and you want to be a part of it, awesome. It's not going to be a big push, but we're just going to make, uh, make it known to people that can give and want to give. And uh, so a seed of what we believe is important and um, taking what God's doing here and bringing it basically to your phone. And so um, to forward and to email and to social media what God is doing in our lives and bringing people the word of God. I don't know a lot of people that are going to just take on an hour of preaching, uh, even some of the best preachers. I believe T.D. Jakes is the greatest preacher in our generation. And I don't know of a lot of people I'm just going to go send a T.D. Jakes message to, knowing that they got about five minutes uh, to, to listen. And so we really just want to, to bridge this thing. We believe in gathering. But also, if you're staying at home or, or, or you're sick or you're on vacation, we want you to be able to not miss a step um, in what God's doing in this church. Amen? All right. I love you so much. And uh, let's get to the word. You're here for the word. We're here for Jesus. Open up the windows. Let the light in. Open up the windows. Let the light. Let the light. What am I even singing? Open up windows and let light in. He is the light of the world. And so we open up our hearts and we open up our minds, which are windows and gateways to Jesus. Amen. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're not here for me. We're not here just to feel good or score points. We're here for Jesus Christ. We're here to encounter the living God. Amen. That is the purpose of life. That's why I love being a Christian. When people go, oh, you're a Christian. You don't do anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for you. Like you literally believe without God that cheeseburgers and, and, and vacations are the top Top experience for the purpose of life. Like, I love all those things, but without God, I don't really have a reason to get up in the morning for more than just another food or, or experiment or experience in life. And I'm so glad that there's more to life than cheeseburgers and new tennis shoes. Amen. As much as I love my new tennis shoes, these new air mats, they're so comfortable. I feel like I just spring everywhere. I just feel like I have to contain the speed. So, amen. Did you know 
did you know that God is calling you by name? God is a God of specifics. It's time to get specific with God. I'm not happy. What are you not happy about? I want more. More of what? I'm just going to give you a hot tip right here from your friendly pastor before we get into the word. But this has a lot to do with the word. So this is going to be a segue to the word. That, that in your marriage or in your relationship, stop speaking in generalities. You just make me frustrated. That doesn't do anything. Get specific. You've got to get specific. And the quicker you can go from three years ago to like three minutes ago, you get a little more vulnerable. What happens is, we just turn this into a counseling session here. What, what happens is you don't stay current with people. And so then you love them, but you don't really love them. You do them a favor by faking it. And that doesn't do anybody good. So three years later, you're always like three years behind. Remember that vacation? I didn't tell you anything because that's dysfunctional. You got to stay current. Healthy people are current people. If I have a problem with someone on my team, I will take care of it immediately. Whether you think that's good or bad, I'll find them in the corner and be like, hey, bro, I thought we were going to, yeah. And we just take care of it and we move on into healthy relationships. Toxic relationships harbor, harbor, love, forgive. I loved you. And that's why love sounds so angry when they say, I've loved you for so long. You're like, I don't know if I want that love. God calls you by name. That's why also we have a problem in cults right now because everyone's grouped in groups. Everybody is, is just grouped and, 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 and Christians and, 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 and this group and that group. And it's like, excuse me, the church. What's the church mean? When someone hurts you, there's usually a name on it. Your marriage, you're not, your marriage has a name on it. Your church should have a name on it. And we don't use excuses like, well, I believe in the church. Yeah, well, I believe in the church too. Absolutely. My church has a name on it. My marriage has a name on it. My kids have a name on it. The Bible says, you want to be saved? Call not on God of the universe. You call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Get to the word. All right, fine. I'll get to the word. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. God calls you. By name. That's the name of the message. First Samuel 16. Are you ready? Talk to me. I need you. I need you. Say amen. Amen. Say, say Isaac, I love your shoes. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, you came to church in the sun. Get your heart ready. Get your heart ready. Get your faith ready. God's moving in this place. First Samuel 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. This is a messy story. A lot of us wait for Saul to be dead, to be obedient to God. But Samuel is obedient to God in the middle of the mystery and the mess. Amen. And, and the Lord says, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what you shall do. Go and I will show. You remember that? That's awfully familiar of Abraham. Go, then I'll show. I like more show than I like go. Amen? But God requires us to go in order to be obedient to his word in faith. Amen? So Samuel did what the Lord said. Wow. Some of us have got a word from God. We just need to move on it. We're still praying about it. We're still getting counsel about it, but we need to do it. Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. 
And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Woo! Charlie! The Lord's anointed. Woo! Woo! The Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or his physical stature. Samuel's having a rough day because I have refused him. The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and the Lord said, nope. And, and the Lord's not chosen any of these boys. And Samuel said to Jesse, bit of a pickle here. It's taking, okay, this isn't working out. God told me he would show me if I went. Um, it's taking, taking a while. Or all the young men, he said, well, there he remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes. So he sent him and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him. This is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him, anointed him in the midst, in the midst, in the midst of this mess and his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And then Samuel took off. Amen. God calls you by name. He's calling you specifically where you are at right now by your name in the middle of the situation. Let's see what the anointing Let's see what we have to do to prepare for the anointing. God, we thank you for your word. We just pray have preeminence in this place. God, whatever's happening in this room and whatever we wish wasn't happening or we are praying would happen or we lay at your feet, Lord, this morning. We're people of faith. We're people of faith. We're people of faith that humbly come before, Lord, the throne room of grace. You resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. We just pray, Lord, for right now we prepare our hearts and we prepare our minds and we focus in on your word, knowing that all we need is to hear your word. All we need is to allow the word of God to be planted. And though the word has been snatched, the seed has been stolen in previous years, Lord, the word that gets planted this morning, we're going to protect it. We're going to guard it. We're going to water it. We're going to mix it with faith. And we're going to see a harvest from the seeds that get planted this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 So a few years ago, I, uh, I got the chance to go to Romania. Where's my Romanians at? Come on. They, they, <laughs> we all, uh, literally, we just had Laura in the first row. I thought we had, yeah, groups and tribes of Romanians, but Romanians. And, and, and I, my first trip to Romania was in 2004. And I brought uh, 50, 50 young adults and 50 teenagers. And it was, it was, it was just an incredible trip. And we went in 2006 and then back in 2007. And we are still connected to that church. And so it's pretty awesome to see that work continue all these years uh, later. But we were, we were getting ready in 2006 to take this group of musicians and worshipers. And, and, and it was a big deal because we planned all year long. We raised $100,000. We raised thousands of dollars for these instruments because we have a belief to not just show up, 
blow in and blow out. We were gonna, we were setting up a pretty cool revival to bring people to the church and we were gonna leave the instruments there and we were gonna bring soundboards and we we're gonna teach and train. So when we left, the church was built up, amen? That, that, that was, a, I think, the most powerful you know, way to view missions is not just to go as the evangelist, but to go as the church builder. And so we were pretty pumped and we get to the airport. It's a long flight. We get our instruments checked in. They didn't want us to check them in and it was gonna be too much money. We were like, ah! And so the, we had the girls manipulate hey, go cry, go up there and cry a little bit. I'm just joking. But we were just like, what? We have all these instruments. We're a mission trip. Well, finally, Lufthansa, Lufthansa let us get our instruments on the plane. And we, 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 we got there. It was like three days of travel. We get to the airport. And uh, it's just, I mean, I'm like on my last, you know, my last hair, my last strength, my last nerve. That's the one I was looking for. Last hair didn't sound right. And on missions trips, it's okay if young people are constantly asking me, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? Where are we going to eat for lunch? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? And like, I don't know. I've never been to this moment in this airport with this situation. So I don't know. It's when older people ask me, I'm like, shut. I don't know. You should know that I don't know. I mean, yeah. I've got a kebab place right down out of the airport here that we're going to go eat at. That's, I got this whole thing planned. You know, I don't know. We don't know what's happening. So everyone's like, where are we going to go? I'm tired of sleeping. I'm like, listen, listen, I got it. Find our instruments. Everyone's waiting for their instruments. Instruments aren't coming off the plane. I'm like, Ugh. And so we go up to the counter and they're like, well, we don't know where they're at. But we'll let you know in a couple days. Now, the very purpose we are there is to worship and do music publicly uh, for evangelistic reasons. And listen, all for the glory of God. But I'm not going to get up in front of people and do a little this little light of mine, right? We need some guitars. We need some drums. We need some sound system. And everything is lost. And so a couple days goes by and Pastor Ted Chichui says, I think I know a guy. And that statement right there changed my life. Ever since me and Ted Chichui were in that van and he was saying, I know a guy. I became that person who now knows a guy. I, I don't have wood delivered to my house. I, I know a guy. I got a guy. I got a wood guy. You ever notice that sometimes? Like you ask someone, hey, do you, do you have an electrician? And he's like, I got an electrician. I got a guy. He's like, is he your guy? Like he's on your payroll at home? Like that's amazing. Like you run an estate, you know. But that's how I started talking. I got a guy. I got a painter. I got a guy. I got a, I got a wood guy. I'll give, you, I'll give you the number of my guy. I got a guy. Well, that's how they talk about everything. I loved it. I was like, I got a guy. It was like, hey, do you, uh, do you know where we can get some ice cream? I got a guy. I was like, all right. So, so, so Ted has a guy. He's like, I got a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that knows where it is. I'm like, man, this is straight ma mafia here. Like, what is happening? How does Lufthansa, like, out, you know, broker this out in so many different groups? And so we end up getting to the middle of nowhere, and, like, there's this house, and there's this basement, and it's dark. And I don't want to go in. Uh, it's not that I'm judging people because we're all sinners. It just looked like these men could kill me with their pinky. I mean, this is, this is some bad dudes that you just want to keep your eye. I was walking out of the house like this. You know, I'm like, actually, I don't want to see how I'm going to get killed. I'm going to turn. And uh, if you kill me, you kill me. But we get there. We sign some stuff. We didn't get to see the instruments. He wanted me to see the paper first. Am I listening in America? He's like, you're not in America. I'm, that's true. That is, that is true. He's like, you sign first and then you see the instruments. I'm like, this is, this is a little weird. I'm like, okay. So then we get the instruments and of course, one of the guitars is broken and everything's a little beat up and there's something missing. You know, I'm like, okay. 
you know, where's my flute? No. We were like, there's something missing, and we we're kind of leaving. And Ted's like, let's just go. I'm like, should we bring it up? He's like, no. I was like, okay, yeah, let's just get out of here. <laughs> let's, just, let's just count our blessings. And so we get everything, and, and I just remember sitting in that van ride. If I could just be honest, this is a safe place. This is second service. We've all, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. And, and I just was sitting there like, because literally it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I remember. And we had like to be at the mall at 4 o'clock. And, and I was like, thank you, God, for the miracle. But like, but like kind of I'm a, I'm a little bit not thankful because like you took forever and three days to do it. Have you ever, you ever been in that moment where you're like, thank you for the kind of miracle? Like, do you feel like all your miracles are like sort of God on a bad day? Like, you're, I guess I'm healed. I expected something a little different than that. You get the job, and you're like, I imagined it different. Do you imagine, like, everything through a Netflix movie? I, I, I imagine getting, if God, next, next miracle you do for me, could you up up the sauce on it just a skosh? Maybe give us a day, you know, notice before our instruments. And some of the instruments are kind of broken. And so next miracle you do, could you do a little bit of a faster miracle? Could you speed it up a little bit? And if you serve God at all, you start to notice when God like goes to bless you, it feels late. It feels like it's taking a long time. You're wondering if God has a clock or a watch. And it's like, thank you for raising Lazarus. That was really super cool. But did you have to make us wait three days of going through mourning? And or can you just do a, like a hot, quick Lazarus next time? Like the next Lazarus you go to heal, the whole town gathered together. Maybe we could skip the awkward three days of everybody asking us where God is. We thought, Mary, she was, Jesus was your friend, and it was really difficult. Next time you do a miracle, God, could you not let the guitar get broken and give us two hours before the event? Is it just me? Or is it maybe Abraham? God, I mean, God, thank you for allowing me to sleep with my wife at 100 years old. It was kind of nice to have that last little tassel in the sheets at a hundo. And, you know, she gets pregnant. That was cool. But we're old. Like 75 would have been so much better. My back wasn't so broken, right? I had so much better moves. Like 100, I mean, thank you. Thank you. But... Did you have to wait till you were 30 years old to start your ministry? Like, God, why didn't you start it at 18 years old? Like, do you ever think about if your family had died of malnutrition and you're like sitting there at the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus is 30, and he's like feeding everybody, and you're like, hmm, so you could do this. Uh, and you were building tables for 30 years. It's an amazing thing to really go, God, why does things take so long with you? Why are some miracles messy? Do, do you ever, I mean, this is just me post-COVID. Like, I just want, like, one good day or, or one good month, even a year. I want a year that's easy. I just want, like, one year where I don't have to try to be thankful. I don't try to have to try to have faith. I don't have to muster up a prophetic spirit through two hours of prayer. I, can I just wake up one day and just like, woo, and it be easy? And then getting the kids to church is easy. And someone I pray for just instantaneously gets easy. And I don't have to explain to them that healing is progressive. I mean, I'm just venting up here. I'm just, this is therapy for me. <laughs> An hour later, and another thing. <laughs> I'm just wondering, God... Why are you taking, do you have a watch? Are you just trying to test me? Does it ever get easier? Do you ever do any miracles that are just 
how they look, like and on the movies? Do you ever do any movie miracles? Like Hallmark movie miracles. Like I needed money and money showed up. And I can say, wow. Like I want to be wild, Lord. I'm sitting here with bo- broken instruments in Romania. And I'm, I thank you. It's kind of a half an arm thankfulness, right? It's like junior high girl thankfulness. Like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I just want to know why it takes so long. Does, does David! David! It's calling you. David! Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Oh. Everyone's eating. Fire's dead. Um, everybody looks good. Everybody's all consecrated and washed up and got their new clothes on. Yeah, Eliab, I like your new robe. That's nice. That's good. That's good. So I'm here at, oh, yeah, everything is over. Everyone's been called. All the food's been eaten. All the stuff has been had. David literally gets called at the nick of time. The prophet is out of answers and questions and prayers and things to do. He is literally hanging on by his last nerve. And, and, and David shows up. David, David, God has need of you. David, God's going to anoint you. David, yeah, yeah. Well, what took so long? My goodness. Did it take so long or does it take so long for us to trust him? Does it take so long for God to move and to speak or does it just take a really, are we just a stubborn, stiff-necked people? Are, are we just slow to believe and to trust and to go all in? Are we just slow to actually believe and say, Lord, Lord, I receive your word. I'm going to act on your word. I'm just one. I'm just proposing something. That, that Does God take so long or does it, is it us that take so long? Because by the time we get to the ceremony, by the time we get there, we, 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 we are watching all of our friends and our family get blessed. And, and and we're, 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 we're getting anointed and we got the oil. And I, th- thank you, God. I got the instruments. Thanks. I mean, I, I guess I'm living. I'm here breathing. I, I didn't die. I guess that's a miracle. I, I got half my mind intact. And I'm not completely insane and completely insecure. And I guess I have the ability to make money kind of, sort of. But I got a lot of bills. And I got can I, so, But I got the oil. I got the oil. But can I not? Can, does God take so long because I'm like, Looking around, just going, oh, you, you got a robe. Oh, that's nice. And you got to eat with Samuel. That's kind of nice. And, oh, how was, how was, how was dinner? How was, how was dinner, everybody? You got oil coming off of you, but you can't see it because you really just see what everybody else has. I'm just wondering if we don't see what God has done or what God is doing because I'm distracted by what I didn't get. I didn't, I didn't get what you got. And so even though I've got the oil, no, I'm thankful for the oil, God. I'm, I'm so thankful for what you've given me. I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm so thankful for what you have done in my life. No, no, I got a wife. She's amazing. Like, thank you. 
Thank you. I've got two kids. That's incredible. Honestly, it's pretty, pretty sweet. And I, I thank you for this building. But, 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 man, you should see the building the other church got. And, 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 and can I not see the oil? Because I'm like, you got a Shirley, the Lord's. I've never gotten one of those from the prophet. I've never gotten a, whoa, wow, impressive. Like, I know Eliab got rejected. And I know I got something that you want. But it's hard for me to see what I got because I'm distracted by what you got. And it would be kind of nice just to get what you got. It'd just be nice to have the lamb. I just want lamb once, you know. I just want to be invited once. Can I not see the oil? Because I'm distracted by what you got. I'm distracted by what God is doing and what I didn't get. And even though I can't understand it, I want a little bit what you got. Is anybody there? I, I mean, I, 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 is, it, is it that I'm not being thankful or am I just distracted is maybe it's difficult for me to be thankful because I'm constantly coveting what you have. I'm constantly comparing myself to you. And you cannot compare because you will miss what God is doing in your life. You won't be able to see the oil because all you see is what other people got and what you didn't get. And so when you compare, it robs you of the ability to see what God is doing in your life. Does anybody, does anybody relate to that? Because what happens is if you're like, yeah, Isaac, but just give me the hot tip on raising kids. You're comparing your kids to my kids by the joy you see in my life. But you don't know the journey that we took to get the joy. And so what God wants to say is stop comparing your journey to their joy. Their joy came from their journey. And trust me, if you know their journey, you probably wouldn't want it. You're just coveting the joy because you thought it was easy. Oh, somebody, 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 somebody. Because you don't know. You don't know. It wasn't a book we read. I mean, I strapped my kids to a car seat and put them on Lufthansa to Australia like 10 times in one year. And they were raised in the carpets and creches and nursery rooms of, of, of churches in Melbourne. And young people held them. And there were some things we did. I don't even know if I should tell you. But I'm telling you, the church and people and the journey and church planning and dragging them around, door hanging. I don't know what happened. But 10 years later, they're kind of broken and loving Jesus. You can't compare the joy that we have raising our boys. If I showed you the journey, you might step back a little bit and go, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, I don't want a church plant and move to Australia and be poor for most of my life. And this man, I don't want that journey. And I would never tell you that you need that journey to have that because it's the joy that you see. It's, it's the joy that you see. And so what happens is you let go of feeling disappointed about someone's joy, but you get a peek into their journey. You go, oh, oh, okay. And when you can just celebrate their joy, just celebrate it. Just celebrate it. The, build, the business wasn't as easy as you thought. You think some people just this Midas touch. No, it's just lies. It's just humanism. No, it's just easy to build that business, easy to build that marriage, and easy to build that ministry. It's not easy. The closer you get with people, you start, don't the closer you get people, you go, wow, I can't believe you're saved. I mean, the more, the more I live, I'm literally, I can't believe, I can't, wow, wow, wow. I go from judgment to, whoa, I judged you for not being more awesome. Because I see the joy on your face, and I thought it was easy. I didn't realize that you grew up like that. I didn't realize you went through that. I didn't realize that you were treated like that. I had no idea. You're actually further than you should be. Oh, I'm celebrating the work of God in your life. And now your joy inspires me, and I celebrate the new car, and I celebrate the house, and I celebrate the break you got. I celebrate the blessing. Because it wasn't quick, it just looked quick. 
fact, God's been working on you since you were in your mother's womb. And so now that I can celebrate your joy, I can get back to my journey because I kind of like my journey. If I was to be honest, my journey was a little easier than your journey. Your parents were whack. Well, my parents were weird. Your parents, my parents are pretty, parents are pretty cool. I actually love my parents. Wow. Wow. I'm no longer distracted and disappointed. I can see that I'm anointed. I can see, I can see what God's doing in my life. I can stop coveting and see what Christ is doing in me. Stop acting like a David with oil dripping on you. Looking at people around you. How was dinner? Must have been nice to hang out with Samuel. Yeah, but David, you got the oil. I, I, yeah, no, that's cool. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got the oil. But how was dinner? <laughs> Those herbs. <laughs> Smell nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the herbs. I, I, know, I, I, I got the oil. But Eliab, just how was it to be publicly um, honored? <laughs> I didn't, not that I want that thing. <laughs> I even care about those things. All to Jesus. I just, wow, like, like, what's that feel like just to have the prophet Samuel stand back and go, wow. It would be nice to have someone look at me and go, wow. Like, my whole life is a little bit like, hmm. I remember the bird, I, I'm going to plant a church. I had some elders looking at me, hmm. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That might be a word, but the, the right word at the right time, son. So you just got a long time until you can do that. I just want to be wild. You ever just want someone to just be, I just want someone to be impressed by me once. Maybe I'm just a little bit, you know, of a selfish, narcissistic guy, but it would be nice to have someone go, wow. You know, but David, he, he, he was able to not give in to that, and he was able to see, but I got the oil. I've got, I've got the oil, and it's, that's what everybody wants. You have something that everybody wants, but I'm distracted, and I'm disappointed, so I can't even see how anointed and appointed I am. I know it's cute, but it's powerful. If I'm constantly distracted, I'm constantly disappointed, because it doesn't matter how rich or how wealthy or how powerful or how awesome you are. There will be someone that buys a yacht and shuts down your happiness. <laughs> I've been there. I'm trying. You'll get to Maui. And like, ah. Then you'll see a helicopter take off. <laughs> and then you'll see them land out there in Wailea Bay. They get on their yacht. And they'll get out. And they'll look happier like... I need a yacht. Life goals. And you'll think God's speaking to you. It's time to buy a yacht. And then you get a yacht. And then Jeff Bezos' yacht comes cruising by you. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And you really think, like, oh, my gosh, I'm missing out. I'm, I'm, I'm distracted. And when distraction causes you to be disappointed and it robs you of your Maui, 
And then you're having a staycation, and that Maui robs you of your staycation. Then someone has a better staycation than your staycation. And then you just stay home depressed, and you've got oil dripping all over your life. You have something that someone would kill for. I, I can't, this is even, a, I, I'm, I'm telling you, God gave me this. I'm not even on, this isn't a sermon. I'm on assignment to just who's in our church right now. And, and if this isn't your church, make this your church. Put roots down. I'm just, I'm just, I just, I just, just calling you just to understand that you have something. We probably just need to stop the service and just have an altar call for that. You have you have a gift and a mind and, and, and some favor and a touch. The Midas touch is, the, is, is, is humans. It's the world coveting the church. They covet the anointing. They covet supernatural gifts. And so you have something that someone would kill for. You have an ability, but you can't see it because all you see is what you didn't get. And David was able at 14-ish years old to not get caught up in being disappointed that there was no fruit that could come from that. But he was going to see the anointing that was on his life. I cannot be concerned what everyone has. And if I could be just dead honest, the worst seasons in my life is when I coveted someone's ministry or marriage and said, yeah, but you look like you're having more sex and more fun and more romance, and you make it look so easy. You're building that church. You're building that ministry. You simply just, like, literally put, starting a church on Facebook, and 3,000 people showed up. And you're like, it's the worst times of my life that I come into church, come into my house where we started our church, and you don't even see the 30 people that God has brought to you can't even see your wife until she's dead. And people sit and stand at funerals and go, wow, I had a pretty good wife. <laughs> I have a pretty good life. And God said it doesn't have to require death to show you the reality of your life. The Holy Spirit and the anointing and life can show you today what he has so I just feel like teaching this morning I just I just because because disappointment is so powerful it's so powerful because disappointment reminds me of the context and it reminds me of my story and it reminds and it hits me at a vulnerable place because God God the, the, the disappointment brings me to this place where I realize that I'm consecrated dirty that I got the oil on me that's cool, but I'm, but I'm dirty. But I got the oil on me, but everyone else is consecrated. See, see, see David's, David's anointed, unconsecrated. <sighs> David's oiled up, dirty. He's got a little sheep duty right here, and he's got some, some wool, and he's got the dirt of, of the hills of, of Bethlehem on him, and he's got sweat, and... He's a he's a little ripe and 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 he's you know he's there and 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 he's got the oil, but but disappointment reminds you everyone else is clean and I'm I'm dirty and 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 then you go to this cycle this vicious cycle of 
wanting what other people have and, and seeing what they have, and then you see yourself and, and you feel like you don't deserve it, which you don't, but you go into the self-loathing of, I don't deserve it, I don't deserve it, I don't deserve it. And when you, when you go from disappointment to, to, to I don't deserve it, you literally you disdain the anointing. You see the oil going over your dirt, and you're like, ugh. That's why, that's why when preachers or people, your wife or people in your life go, hey, I'm reading this new book. It'll change your world. What do you do? Thanks. Got another book recommendation. Mom forwarded a message from Isaac again today. Dad sent me a T.D. Jake sermon. What are you doing? You're disdaining the anointing. Hey, can I pray for you? I got a word. Carrie's got a word for you. Okay, fine. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Done that. You're disdaining the anointing because disappointment reminds you that you're dirty. And so you go into this, you know what, I'm going to go better myself. I'm going to go better myself. And so then you start working on yourself because you want to feel ready. You just, you just want to shower next time the oil hits you. You just, you know, it's not about that, but you just don't like the idea of that, the, the dirt and the sweat and the oil going over the sweat. You're just like, ugh. So I need to like get, I just need to get better. I just need to work on some stuff. I need to get, you need to work on stuff. And so what happens, you get to church, you start working on yourself, you start reading books, and you start, and then what happens is you go from I don't deserve it to I kind of deserve it a little bit. Like, I, I just kind of deserve it a little bit. And then you become entitled, and then you have this weird relationship with God where you're like, why aren't you working, and why aren't you moving more powerful? I've kind of deserved this. And entitlement will kill your, 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 your walk with Jesus because you now kind of sort of deserve it because you kind of feel bad that God put oil on you when you were so dirty. And so then you're going to go work on yourself. And you know it's not by works, but you just think that it will be a little bit better if God doesn't have to have oil run all over your dirt. And so, and so you you, you walk this, this, this line of feeling pretty good about yourself, and really you're just pretending. And so while you're pretending, every once in a while, God will take a dirty boy with a clean heart, a dirty kid with a clean heart, dirty drug addict with a, with a clean heart. He'll take a dirty marriage. He'll take a dirty business. He'll take a dirty pastor. And then, uh, oh, that, 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 that messed with me. Dirty scoundrels, money-stealing pastors and bring him into a revival one night. But their heart was broken, and God just... And then you're just like, it messes with you when God puts oil on someone dirty that has a clean heart because you can't see the heart, only God can. Can you imagine being in that ceremony? Truthfully, we would all be like nails on a chalkboard. Samuel never anointed someone unconsecrated. Bring him in. We're not sitting down. Bring him. God's like, anoint him. Anoint him now. All right, boss. This new for me. I thought you liked him squeaky clean with new robes and fresh hair so the oil can glisten. This boy's not going to glisten. This is going to be ugly. And all the family and all the town's like, don't do it, Samuel. This is ugly. This is gross. And God's like, David, stand there in the middle of your disappointment. Stand there in the middle of your mess because this is more than you. Even though I call you by your name, you are standing there as a prophet pointing to Jesus because Jesus would die a dirty death. So this wasn't just about Bethlehem. Now 
this was about Bethlehem a thousand years from now. This would be Jesus going to the cross, nailed to a, to a Roman crucifixion tool of torture. And Peter would say, no, don't go. No, don't do it. And yet Jesus called Peter Satan and he called Judas friend because Jesus needed to be anointed dirty because he would take our place. This is beyond David. This is now Jesus. David is the type of Christ. And so David is standing there and God says, I want you to simply be willing. David! David! Here! Here! Oh! Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't, okay. I'm last. I'm not even invited. <laughs> I'm unconsecrated and dirty. I'm not. Can you everybody's looking good. Everything's in order, and there you are, unconsecrated and dirty. And, you, and Samuel, God says, Samuel, that's it. That's how I want it. I'm setting this up. You've never seen this before. So I'm like, are you sure? That's the one. <laughs> okay. Because everything's about to change. Everything's about to change because it's not the law that makes you clean anyways. It's not the law that would, that would get you ready for the anointing. I'm changing. I'm setting things up. David's going to be a prophet because Jesus will come into the lineage of David. He'll be known as the son of David. And so I had to bring him in dirty. I had to bring him in late. I had to bring him in rejected because I don't need any of that. All I need is a willing heart. I don't need you ready. I prefer you unready. Not that I wish that upon you, but I don't need you ready, says the Lord. I simply need you willing. When I call you from the back hills of Bethlehem, that you come forward and be obedient at the word of God and the call. When he calls you, come. When he calls you, come. I'm telling you, he's calling your kids and he's calling your family and he's calling the nations of the world. Our God is the one that calls people to himself. It's, it's we that don't come because we need to understand more. We need to figure it out more. And we need to work on some things more. And, and, and God goes, I don't need any of that. I just need you willing. I just need you to go, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And God asked David, would you stand there disappointed, distracted, uninvited, unconsecrated and would you allow me to pour some oil David did not have to stand there David could have not come David could have said this is whack I wasn't invited I'm not consecrated I do have a new robe in the the closet but you don't care about that I stand here before Samuel Samuel's like hmm I don't like this it's I'm not ready this is weird I'm going back to where I'm comfortable and that's where we go David loved the sheep David loved the pasture it's where he would sing he was isolated he was alone and he loved it but when God pulls you out of where you are it's usually a comfortable place and he says I'm pulling you and the reason he takes you out of comfort he takes you out of comfort to call you calls you out by name David David I don't need you ready because the anointing will make you ready The oil will wash. I don't need you to shower. I'm pro-shower, says the Lord. Shower when you can. But I don't need you to shower. I don't need you to sin less. I don't need you to do more. All I need is a heart and a willing heart that says, God, here I am. 
Lord, here I am. He says, I'm calling you into ministry. I'm calling you to preach. I'm telling you, I'm on an assignment this morning in this church saying, are you willing to serve this generation? Are you willing to serve and use the gifts of God in your life? Or are you consumed with getting ready? Are you consumed with readiness when we ought to be consumed with willingness? Because you will stand there in the place of Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the place of the anointing. Bethlehem, house of bread. Bethlehem, David, David, unconsecrated. Jesus, Bethlehem, born in a dirty old barn. His first place besides the arms of his mom that he was asleep would be a feeding trough. We are used to the story, but for religious folks, it would be like, no, not a king. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes, milk rags. Not our king, not our savior, unconsecrated and uninvited. There's no room at the end for Jesus. David's not invited. Why? Because this is a setup for Jesus and how he would call you and how he would pull you forward to his word and calling you by name. Carrie, Sarah, calling you by name. Saying, I don't need you to be ready. I'm, I'm pro-step, says the Lord. I'm pro-seminar. I'm pro-equipping track. I'm pro-school. I'm pro-books. I know some of you are reading Catherine Coleman because you want to be used of God to heal people, but God will show up and say, I don't need you to finish the book to touch you with a gift of healing if you're willing. If you're, wi- I know you're not ready because you're not. You're like page five, but God shows up and says, hey, you know what? I want to move in your heart today. I don't want to give you the gift of healing. Are you willing to begin to pray for people before you're ready some of you are going to get an invite to go preach the gospel and you're not ready because you're in a different season but the Lord would say I know you're not ready but are you willing I know you're not ready to reach your family I know you're not ready to preach the gospel I know you're not ready to prophesy and pray but God said I don't need you ready it's the oil that makes you ready anyways David, calling you, calling you. Can I anoint you dirty? Can I anoint you broken? Can I anoint you hurt? Can I anoint you sick? Can I anoint you confused? Can I anoint you overburdened? It's the oil that breaks the yoke. It's the oil that heals the heart. It's the oil that does the thing you need. I know you're YouTube and classes about how to write a book, and God says, all of that points to me. Can I give you a book? Can I give you a strategy? And we're so focused on getting ready because we disdained the previous anointing because we were dirty and we would prefer to be clean. And God goes, this is the oil that cleans you. This is the oil that cleans you. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Just get ready. It's a few minutes in here, but the Holy Spirit wants to anoint you to let you know the thing that you've been getting ready for doesn't happen by your readiness. And again, fine, take a shower. Read the book. Of course, God is a God of teaching and equipping. But that's not the thing. Go back to Bible college. But after four years, it's not like you're going to pop out. Oh, 
I'm ready to theologize. Go back to Bible college. It's the anointing. It's the anointing on your life that will empower you to preach the gospel on high school campuses, at your workplace, at the family reunion. It's the oil that heals the sick. It's the oil that heals the mind. It's the oil that breaks. It's the oil. It's the oil that brings the thing that we want. But we have to be willing to be anointed, uninvited, rejected, dirty, broken, disappointed. Are you willing to be anointed in that context? Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, oh, the anointing, to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. 1 John 2.27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you but as the same anointing teaches. Did you know why that's when I'm teaching and you're like, whoa, because the Holy Spirit has already been teaching you. That's why you go, oh yeah, wow, yeah, absolutely. Because the Holy Spirit has already been showing you and has already been teaching you. It's difficult because disappointment is so powerful. (sighs) Because I'm looking at your journey and what you got and what I didn't get and what I had to go through. That's how I missed the anointing all my life. And so we stand here, church, disappointed and anointed. Every single person in this room has a story of disappointment and being anointed. But God told me to tell you This isn't a statement of faith or positive thinking. That you are more anointed than you are disappointed. Guaranteed. But it's the disappointment that distracts us from seeing. You are now anointed and appointed in this season for some things that God has for you. Are you willing to say, God, here I am? Are you willing to pray for people while you struggle? Are you willing to invite people to church while you're on your journey not ready to do that? Can we put down the I'm not ready, but I am willing to be used from God to preach the gospel, to pray for sick people, to counsel? Listen, I'm I'm all about being under authority. I'm all about team. I'm telling you, some of you need to start operating in your gifts in church. Start with young people because they don't even know the difference. So you get over there, start prophesying the word of God, start praying for healing. God, the Holy Spirit is going to start teaching you how to use your gifts and how to operate. I'm calling you into ministry today. I'm calling some of you out of the fields of Bethlehem and say, I know, I know you got you to gotta get back to school. You got to read the book. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But God said, I want to put a fresh anointing on you today. I want to I put some oil on you today in the middle of of where you're at this morning. Are you willing? Are you are you willing to begin to disciple people today? Are you willing to bring people over to your house today? I know you don't want to get caught up in a church project, but God said this isn't about that. This is about me and you. I'm calling you by name specifically this morning, says the Lord. I am calling you by name. You've not seen this before. I'm doing something different. I need you, Samuel, to step out in faith with the oil and get ready for my word. God says I want to anoint 
anoint you with a fresh oil that would break the yoke off this generation. I'm, I'm giving you a fresh anointing in business. You've not seen this before. I'm bringing ministry and I'm bringing money together. I'm bringing the marketplace. I'm bringing business. I'm bringing church. The Lord said, I got a new thing. I'm bringing new wine and a new white skin. I'm calling you by name. I know you're not ready, but I don't need you ready. I just need you willing. The oil will make you ready, says the Lord. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. David. 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 I'm going to oil you up now. I'm going to anoint you now. I'm going to anoint you now. I'm going to anoint you today. Come. I don't need you ready. Come. Give him your heart. Say, here I am, Lord. Anoint me. Here I am. 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 Here's my marriage. Here's my business. Here's my past. Here's my future. I'm not going to walk in disappointment. Walking anointed. I'm 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 walking anointed. It's time to pastor. It's time to pastor. I'm calling you. It's time to pastor. Don't wait for a program. I love programs. Don't wait for the class. I love classes. The Lord is saying, are you willing to pastor? Are you willing to pastor right now? I'm going to drop a name in your heart. Are you willing? Are you willing to are you willing to step? Are you willing to step into someone's now? I don't need you to wait. I don't need you to wait any longer because I don't need you ready, says the Lord. I just need you willing. There's a grace on your life based on the gift of God in your life. And he's saying, Are you willing to prophesy? Are you willing to lead? Are you willing to preach? Are you willing to teach? Are you willing to worship? Are you the problem in your life might be that you're so anointed that you haven't released what God put in you and he said I put it in you and I gave it to you to get it through you it's time to release the anointing that is on your life are you willing I call you in a ministry this morning I call you in a ministry this morning I call you in the ministry this morning on my pastors and teachers my people just come up here. You just, pastors on my staff and youth leaders. And worship leaders are up here. Any other worship, that's fine. But you know that you're, you're on this team or you're not on this team, but you're called to preach. You're called to teach. You know you're called to prophesy. It's time to use your gifts. God will teach you. There's people in this room that will mentor you. But I'm telling you right now, God's calling you by name. And he's saying, I gave you a gift. And I'm going to begin to open up opportunities. If you want to preach, get up here. If you want to lead, get up here. If you know this is a new season of ministry, get up here. And get ready just, just for a fresh 
anointing even right now. Some of you have been lost. You're like, God, what do you have for me? He's saying right now, you don't need to get ready for the oil. I want the oil to get you ready. I want the oil to give you faith. I want the oil. It's the Holy Spirit that will anoint you. Some of you are in business. Some of you are in ministry. God's about to release a fresh grace and a fresh power and a fresh anointing. It's by the oil. It's by the oil. Come on up. Come on up and receive oil. A touch of the Holy Spirit right now. Let the power of God hit hit you right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. 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 Holy Spirit, fill this place. Let the oil in your heart, in your heart, say, I'm here. Lord, I'm here in your heart. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, church. Get ready. Get ready. Say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Fill this place. Let your oil. Let your oil. Let your oil. Let your oil. We gotta get out of here, but really quick. He's teaching us. He's teaching us. He's teaching us. When God calls you, when God calls you, when He calls you, you're not ready. <laughs> he says, Come here. It's like, uh, I was just watching sheep. Uh, you go from being in control to really vulnerable so you what happens in a meeting like this is you go from all right 1240 Isaac usually goes to 1241 and we're done you start planning you got things to do you got sheep to watch you got things to do that you're normally used to so all of a sudden when I'm like hey get the anointing let's go it's hard to leave your sheep and go into a vulnerable place of like I'm here and all I can describe it is is this is when the, the Holy Spirit takes over and you're sort of just like subject to a little awkward a little what's gonna happen a little I'm not really feeling this because everyone else has robes and I'm dirty this is moments with the Holy Spirit and then the oil comes and you start to, wow, okay. I don't really understand everything. I don't, not ready. Don't, but get used to this vulnerability of faith. David, David, I don't understand. Why are you calling me now? What's happening? What's, and your mind goes, oh, food, herbs, robes, fire. Uh, okay. Stand there let the Holy Spirit and that's where we're at as a church I think vulnerable open moments of saying here I am what's going to happen and you don't know what's going to happen the oil's going to hit you the Holy Spirit's going to fall on you just 30 seconds try to do that in your vulnerable self calm your mind calm your mind so I'm here Holy Spirit, I'm here. 
just one touch. Holy Spirit, He's here. He's He's here. There He is. Let Him heal. some of you it's not just for you he's releasing you into another level of business and finance and ministry and understanding and parenting and you thought you needed to get ready and God's like I don't need you ready you've been consumed with readiness even though there's some power to that it's the oil it's the oil that makes you ready Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you want some prayer, we've got a ton of people up here that got some fresh oil. <laughs> oh, we've got baptisms. I forgot. Let's baptize. Let's do it. Come on. My goodness. Anisha. Anisha. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, let's sing this last one last time. But yeah, actually, if you want some prayer, come on up. <laughs> 